0: Welcome to Shed the Music Spotlight Podcast. My name is Bob Habersat, and I'm a high school music teacher and co-founder of ShedTheMusic.com. Emmanuel Samuelu is a music teacher in the North Slope School District of Alaska, which is the northernmost part of the United States. I had the privilege of talking to Emmanuel in the past, and it was from our conversations that I knew I needed to start a podcast and have him on the show. He is one of the most giving and genuine music educators that I've met. Speaking with him has recalibrated and charged my music teaching, and I hope it will do the same for you. So I like to start these podcasts pretty light. Okay. if you could compare yourself with any animal, what would it be, and why?
1: Oh, any animal. Uh, what would it be, and why? Um, I'd have to say I like the lion, right? But everybody likes the lion because the king of the jungle. Jungle, but for me, um. Ooh. I, I I'd say an eagle. Ooh, yeah, I'd say an why eagle. eagle? Uh, because I wish I can fly. No, um, <laughs> an eagle because uh, I feel like I'm I observe a lot um, uh, from afar, and yeah. uh, w- when I really see something that I like or a passion or something, then I kind of focus in on that and. Uh, really, uh, take a leap at it if you know what I mean. But I, I do a lot of uh, observing. Does that make sense? I don't know if that's a good answer. Yeah. But <laughs> no, that's 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 an
0: amazing skill to have, and I, I feel yeah. like it's so easy to get focused into what you think is important, or just what you just into what you're thinking. That it's hard to mm-hmm. observe. And it's mm-hmm. hard to see bigger picture, and it's hard to be <laughs> flying overhead because it feels mm-hmm. like I don't know. Do you do you Star Wars at all?
1: A little bit, not too much. A little bit. I'm, a fan I'm sure of you know, like the, Obi One, <laughs> Obi,
0: <laughs> the like the Death Star. You know, mm-hmm. there you can like fly over the Death Star. But then, like, okay. there's a scene where the X-wings are going through the through the canyons of the Death Star, and all you okay. see is like the like the phasers, like pew 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 pew, and like the the like the you know communications tower, and you don't see big picture, and it's so hard. Like, all right, I gotta land this this mm. like thing right in there, but you can't see yeah. what's around you, and I feel like a lot of the time I'm in a Death Star trench, Oof. but to be able to like zoom out and just like like fly above and i think that no that's that's a that's a beautiful answer uh thank you emmanuel for coming on the podcast
1: thanks for having me it's a privilege and honor um uh, i i like this i'd like to think i have something to offer but uh <laughs> thanks for having me yeah man you do you definitely do um awesome. so what what kind of i
0: know you make your own music you're a producer what kind of music what, what do you what do you dig what are you listening to what are you making
1: super small scale man like uh you know local stuff um especially with just uh you know uh other artists here in town but um uh really small scale but if i had to create music i'm more on the you know i'm digging the lo-fi stuff right but um uh a lot of a lot of the R&B area is uh, what I like. If not that, then more because I grew up in the church scene, uh, more of a, you know that uh, um, that worship type of music. So that yeah. mixture of R&B worship, but then you know hip hop is always infused in a lot of what I listened to growing up. So um, yeah,
0: what was like? What was the last thing you listened to and you're like, oh man, this is like killer.
1: It, it's, kind of, it's not even the genre I just mentioned, but Zed, he made a song um, with, I can't think of it off the top of my head, and I'm using my camera for the above <laughs> shot on um, the piano or my phone, uh, but uh, yeah, Zed made a song, um, and it's just like, whoa, anything he does that, to capture that whole production thing, and it's just amazing to me, but yeah. Uh, Zed has been at the top of the list, like, recently. Recently, yep.
0: I need to listen to Zed. Yeah, he
1: he has that computerized sound. I know it's not for everybody, but um, just enough of it, right, is, like, perfect for me.
0: So you have, I mean, if you can't see, you can't see because you're listening to a podcast, but I'm looking at Emanuel, Eman, Um and he's got, like, a really slick... Like, setup. I see the road NT1A, and there's all this like animations going behind him. He's being behind him. He's got like all these this text and stuff. Could you just give me, you know, I hate to, to like nerd out all the time, um, but could you just give like a, a, a brief overview of the kind of setup? Are you in your classroom?
1: Yes, I am in my classroom.
0: Oh okay so yeah give us yeah, a yeah. a brief like just kind of walk through a cribs <laughs> like what what's what's in your what's in the studio over there
1: Yeah man um jeez where do I start so um because I teach music right it's a little different than the uh, you know the regular classroom teacher but I have my uh, my microphone here like you mentioned the Rode NT1A uh and it's going uh into my uh studio live ar8 a pre mixer and what i use that for is all the inputs. so the music is going in there from my ipad which from spotify um i'm using this microphone is going into that uh, my guitar cable so i could just grab my guitar hook it right up and i don't have to change a thing it's already there unmute it um and yeah even the piano if I wanna use the piano's uh sounds from this uh keyboard, I just unmute that, that'll turn on. And then out of that mixer goes into it goes into a focus right, um a two channel focused right audio interface, two I two, I believe. Yep. Um, I think the first, yep, uh second generation. And from there into the laptop, that's the audio, um, path uh, if I talk about video I have the camera set up above me which is my iPhone um, and it's uh, showing my keyboard my piano keyboard and my typing keyboard um, and it's going into OBS and then I have my webcam which is my a MacBook Pro webcam is going straight into OBS as well um, and that's where I control all my video Um Switching, and I use the Stream Deck app because I don't have a Stream Deck. Yep, <laughs> Stream Deck app uh, inside of my laptop. I have that app, and I just kind of click where I want it to go, and it'll show the scenes that I created inside of OBS. And then inside of OBS, I have a waiting screen that has like um, this YouTube video with um, like. Quotes on there, positive quotes and as we're waiting for students to come in it has that with some background music and then I talk to every student that kind of comes in even if they're late I'm like, hey how you doing and from there it then goes into a front view of my face <laughs> the web- webcam and then I have another one where I could just hit it and it goes uh, with my webcam at the very bottom it shows um, the keyboard as the main um, picture. And then I have another button or another scene where it's just my webcam and then the window I want to show them. For example, Shed the Music plug, right? Uh, So Shed the Music. (laughs) Um, And then I have all three of those mixed up into another scene where I show them Shed the Music or video with my keyboard um, visible, my fingers. And then uh, also my face so it's kind of interactive and with all these cuts you're like why do you need that many i found that it it really helps with engagement because the students you know they constantly flip and they uh they're moving on their phone that's i kind of took that uh, into consideration when i'm and adapted it and uh, i just move a lot between uh between the different views just so they can be like, oh, it's something new. Oh, it's something new. But I know that was a lot. <laughs> yeah. You were saying that you
0: don't teach, you know, regular, the regular path. You know, you're mm-hmm. teaching. Well, what can you just describe, like, what, what kind of class do you teach? How many sections of those classes do you teach? What grade levels do you teach? That kind of thing.
1: Okay, so um, it's going to be a little bit of a story, but uh, uh, just to get the gist of the program, I want to explain from uh, the beginning of when I started. Um, and uh, like you asked in the beginning, like, what's the music scene like uh, there? And uh, we have seven surrounding villages and Utqiagvik is the main hub. And what others were noticing including the main like community members they were noticing there wasn't that huge music scene right and not just a music scene like uh you know los angeles california something as big as that no not, not just that but even on the cultural side the traditional side they they saw that there was something missing and um there wasn't a lot of the arts really um and so they're trying to reboot those kind of things but not just reboot them and do what everybody else is doing, but infuse it with the indigenous culture. Right. And so, um, the classes that I'm doing at the moment are, there's a lot of, uh, uh it, it's kind of like school of hard knocks right now where we're testing things out. We're trying to see if this works. And if it doesn't, we scratch it and we move on to creating something else. And, uh, we, I tried starting with, um, K because we're doing K through 12 programs and we're trying to offer that district wide. And um, so we're creating a whole pathway from, you know, pre-K, even kindergarten. And what are the steps they need uh, by the time they hit. Like eighth grade or whatever, they can say, oh, I want to try to move in this career path, which can be, you know, nursing, business, whatever it is, but then have a music pathway And that music pathway, we don't know what it's going to be looking like, but we're trying to create that at the moment. And uh, so like um, a program like Shed the Music uh, really, really helps in uh, that music performance and production side, which is why they brought me in. Um, And they decided to um, kind of um, move in the space. I decided, of course, to start with like the K through Uh, eighth side and um, then I realized oh no I don't know what the end result looks like like where they're going we're trying to create it from here and we used uh, things like Quaver Music and um, then the program came to a halt and uh, because of other reasons and then now we're this year we're back into that program and I'm actually starting on the high school side now and so creating the end result of where these kids are uh gonna be and then going backwards uh from there and at the moment i'm teaching just regular generalized uh courses like music intro to music performance and production one which will be like first semester and then uh one dash two which will be second semester and inside of that is basically your music tech right you have your music um Uh, performance whether it's uh, teaching a little bit of guitar like general chords and things or ukulele because we get all sorts of skilled uh, students you got band kids who have played you know band instruments for three years and they've played guitar on their own they come in and they're ready to rock right and then you have other students who are coming in and uh, just just holding a steady beat is really Uh, difficult for them and uh, so because this is a very beginning of the program you you have to do that and you have to bring exposure Uh, but it's also very difficult on actually doing oh guitar one and then um, keyboarding one and all that stuff so it's it's a super generalized class at the moment uh, where we have one dash one one dash two and then we're going to get into uh, intro to music performance uh, 2-1, 2-2 and, and so that kind of helps us uh, start where we're going to be. I have uh, like 60 ukuleles in the next room that we'll be sending out to those villages and like uh, another like 20 other uh, MIDI keyboards that we're sending out because we're trying to just uh, get things in students hands and um, especially at a time like this uh, with not a lot of like the students going inside of the classroom hands on anything is gonna help them. It's not the perfect solution at the moment, but uh, that's where we are at the moment. And it's, it's yeah, I don't, I don't think there a is a perfect students.
0: solution right now <laughs> to anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Yeah, so what the the situation you're describing sounds like for me. Having okay, I can sequence k all the way through twelve, like mm-hmm. my head just started reeling with the possibilities because that's awesome. Mm-hmm. you know, some people mm-hmm. so many people it's kind of like this is exactly what you're talking about with the eagle. like a lot of people have comfort in not having to worry about sequencing. They kind of have comfort in the death Star cave of uh, the death Star um canyon, you know it's mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I know I'm teaching band. They took band Mm -hmm. before this, you know, they, they had, they had elementary band and then they, we, we did essential elements and then they're going to go to middle school band and there's comfort in that. And for some people, your situation where it's like, all right, we don't know what's going to work, make it work. For some people I feel like that would be a death sentence, Mm -hmm. but for me and for you, that's like the coolest opportunity in the world. <laughs> like you get to experiment and find we're out weird. Like what, yeah, we're, yeah, we're weirdos. <laughs> we know what Stream Deck is. We're weirdos. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know, I, I think that uh, especially in this time, having whatever that sensibility is where mm-hmm. you see a problem and instead of like going, oh, man, look at that problem, you see like, mm-hmm. oh, man, what an opportunity I have to come up with a bunch of cool solutions and test them out. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. if you've ever sequenced classes before, or if you've ever written curricula before, like luckily the school that I teach is at teach at is a a one school district, so I don't have to deal with a lot mm-hmm. of you know red tape or you know mm-hmm. I'm the only person that teaches my subject. I'm the only person that teaches music technology at my school, so I can kind of just run mm-hmm. with it. And it sounds like you're the only person that teaches music,
1: pretty much, mm-hmm. right? Or how many people are there, on your team? So there's just me, and I'm doing this at the moment. And, uh, you know, I don't want to say I'm the specialist, but that's kind of what the job is set up for. And because I'm a local and I, uh, you know, I graduated from Barrow High School, which is the high school here in Utqiagvik. We only have one elementary, one middle school, and then one main high school. Um, But uh, uh, another uh, school that's there. Sorry, that was my piano. Uh, Another school (laughs) here, too, for (laughs) uh, an alternative school here. But... um. Yeah, like I said, um, when I, I, I lost track. I tried to save it, but I couldn't. <laughs> uh, we were
0: on
1: schools. Oh. Uh, you went, you're a local. Yes, so I'm a local, right? And so with the whole uh, deal, um, I kind of, I'm that one that's available and have these skills. And so they really um, needed somebody as soon as possible. And I was the one like, Hey, if you think I can do it, I'm going to jump in, try my best, right. And create these programs. And until you tell me, stop, we don't need you anymore. (laughs) I'm going to keep going. And it's, I'm kind of just that person who let's find a solution. And, um, let's see if, uh, the most important for me, let's see if it engages the students and actually means something to them. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's where we are right now. The program is um, is thriving. It's, it's actually moving a lot. Like, I'm only doing that one uh, class, right, at the moment. Um, but next semester, the goal is to jump from doing this one class to doing um, programs for the K through, you know, K through five. And then another separate class is, like, we're working with Paxton Patterson modules and they have like this digital music module that would work perfectly uh, with middle school age group and so we're going to launch that of course for the middle school and then we're going to move into more of this intro to music performance and production uh, for uh, the high schoolers uh, ninth grade through twelfth grade Um, and wherever the student is that's where we have to start at the moment so um uh, we're gonna do it asynchronous but i'll be meeting with those students at different times because all of their schedules are different or some of them some of them are the same some schools are are different but whatever their schedule is whatever their um like uh their periods right it won't align all the time and we tried that and so the best way to do it is kind of have it set up uh, as an asynchronous class and uh, just kind of have those meeting spots within the week for those particular students in the class. And I'm thinking um, instead of having it like each individual school in their own classroom, um, I'm thinking more on the collaboration side and making it uh, easier on um, like uh, performances to have like Every single student from the district in that music production one one class, uh, no matter where what site you're at, you're going to be inside of that one class in Google Classroom, in Soundtrap, and so uh, that's I think the direction we're going to take.
0: So you say that because it it's it's confusing because you're you're saying like we have you have your school, but then there's seven different sites and they have different. Mm-hmm. So how do the, how do this how far away are the sites like? you said they have different bell schedules, so they Mm -hmm. meet. Uh, Yeah. Can you you give a little more uh, information about how that, how that works?
1: Yeah. So, um, we're in Utqiagvik and I believe there's only one other village you can get to by like snow machine or, um, uh, four wheeler in the summertime. Right. But every other village, uh, you have to fly to. And so there's no way, uh, us working together and collaborating is super difficult and um, they're, they've been trying to get the whole schedule, bell schedule to match each other um, but there's things like the indigenous culture here at certain times of the year, they do whaling they do, their subsistence is really big and in those different areas, like hundreds of miles away, uh, they have uh, different hunting schedules right? And so that is huge. And like certain parts of the year, you'll like see some students not come to school like an entire school. It's kind of focused more on that hunting, hunting tradition. And, uh, and that's perfectly fine. But then that means uh, they're not fully focusing on their coursework or uh, whatever class it is. And just all those uh, logistic things, they move around and change a lot. I don't know if I'm making sense, but yeah. So, so
0: even <laughs> even with with not COVID, you teach asynchronously and remotely.
1: Yes. So before okay. COVID happened, uh, we I was trying to do the whole scheduling. Uh, this class meets with me at this time, no matter what site. And then uh, I did like two week intensives where I would fly to their site and do um 2 weeks of just focusing with them while i'm still doing those other classes and setting up like um work for them to do for about a week and it was just craziness and uh <laughs> that's why we went to it, uh, asynchronous uh, yeah. type of yeah, class
0: what a good uh use case for soundtrap then like if you can get mm-hmm. students collaborating
1: exactly I mean,
0: it's, exactly. it's been it's been transformative for me, with students that are in the same class that meet every day, <laughs> you know. Mm. But I can't even imagine, you know, having these seven sites. Now, do they have internet at all the sites?
1: That is a big question or a big answer. But at the moment, every site has internet, but how the quality of that internet differs, and uh, so some areas they're perfectly fine we can uh, be zooming non-stop but then um like two weeks later um it's just the worst internet out there and some sites it's like you can barely get connected to but um all of the sites at some point have enough you know bandwidth to connect for certain meetings or certain whatever but it's not perfect and so that's why we have to do come up with alternative solutions um, because not everybody is on the same, you know, it's not a level playing field, and you you have students who, yeah, with me as a teacher, I would love to just Soundtrap only and Google Classroom. It just makes it easy, but on the student, it's not, and their families especially, and so um, if they don't have internet, they're they're gonna fail the class and. And that's, you know, we don't want to put any student in that situation. And so we have to come up with alternatives, which is like before school um, even starts, we download everything possible for that class onto the laptops and we give it out. So they have enough for the whole semester. Some schools are doing it um, every two weeks. They'll have to come in and grab uh, packets or whatever it is. So we're still doing all those things. Um, like if you don't have internet, how would you deliver your class? We're doing all of those things. The the district is doing like Hobson Middle School here in town, um, Barrow High School here in town. They're they're having to do those alternatives as their uh, yeah method of teaching their class. But you're doing that while also teaching people that do have internet Cause it,
0: yeah we everyone I mean if you like look on the online forums for music educators like the Facebook groups and whatever people you know it's easy to complain it's it's it feels good sometimes to let people know like man this is mm-hmm. this is hard but like if you even if you have students even if your entire population of your class doesn't have internet like you have to deal with um, the whole mix and then mm. you have such a big heart like when we logged in it's 5:30 p.m. over there and you said like oh i just got done with the class you were doing like an after school remediation class for kids that were failing like that's that's insane like what you're doing <laughs> is so cool so how how do what what is what what solutions have you found for students that don't have internet so you say you load it onto laptops and then when you say you hand it out it's not like they come to the gym like -hmm. they don't come to you know the the come to the main entrance and we'll just pass it out you how does that how does that work how does the passing out of the computers work Yep. and then what what are you giving them
1: so um at the beginning of this semester i'm not going to say i have the solution for it all but um you know, I did, I was, I was a teacher that felt like I'm going to fail as, I'm going to fail as an educator this year, you know, at the beginning of the school year, I had that same thought. Um, and so the, I just, what is the, what is the solution that'll like, what what's the first step kind of just, what's the next step, uh, to creating some kind of normality. Right. And so I decided I'm just gonna download GarageBand on their laptops and we'll go from there. At least they'll have GarageBand. And they can do virtual instruments uh, using their typing keyboard. And at least we can start there cause we don't have an instrument for every student. Um, and uh, you know, I, I I heard that there was like a 30 person waiting list for the class and I'm like, oh no. The, I only have like 10 seats I usually ha- uh, do for each class. And so at the beginning of the semester down, it's just as easy as downloading GarageBand. It sounded easy. I spent like (laughs) it was until like two in the morning or even further than that of, you know, because the internet situation, it kept dying. And so you have to re download those things and uh, 15 gigabytes worth of, um, you know, downloading for 15 computers and it took all night and you know those are the things you got to do and sacrifice time for um you know solutions and that was the only solution i had in my back pocket and so we i ran with it the hard part was um uh after i got it out okay now how are they supposed like what are they supposed to do i have the first 2 weeks aligned and it's in there but what about the next 2 weeks and the next 2 weeks and um, so it was really just whoever can connect through Google Classroom or Zoom. And then that alternative was me um, teaching through the phone call. So if they couldn't Zoom in um, at that particular time, whatever, um, they or even call in, right? Because you can call the Zoom meeting and just listen to the audio. Um, I'd have to set up other times outside of class which is what you were talking about um to sit there and like for an hour just step by step you see that green thing yeah that with the triangle and you're speaking <laughs> through the phone to really um uh get them to find whatever icon or uh whatever button to press and that's just that's just what I was doing up until like right now I just even today uh student uh, needed to catch up. And so they don't have internet and they're stuck at home uh, because we're in a red situation in Ukiagvik. And for our school district, green means everybody can come to school, full schedule, uh, full attendance, right? And then yellow, half and half, the whole AB situation. I think a lot of schools in uh, the nation are doing that. And then um, the uh, red is nobody come to school except you know the teachers and we teach virtually um every day every class and so uh that's the only kind of solution at the moment besides um paper packets and i tried the paper packet paper packet uh method last semester when march hit but uh man i yeah i can't do paper packet for um uh, music production and performance No It's super Like Only music theory That's the only thing you're doing Like yeah. There's nothing else really And I was like No So um, Yeah And
0: no matter what you do A paper packet is a paper packet I mean you could be the world's best Paper packet Maker You know And it's <laughs> yeah. still Like I wouldn't want Oh my god I would I Could I can't I always try to yeah. imagine myself In this situation Like what would what would my super scatterbrained adolescent mind be able to do during this time? And I would see a paper packet, and then I would be playing video games. I'd be like, "Oh, that's <laughs> that's a paper packet that I could do after doing this video game." And then I'd be yeah. playing my Counter Strike or whatever. And then I'd be yeah. like, "Oh, look yeah. at that paper packet still over there. Let me have some Cheetos." Yeah. Um. So. You, yeah, you're you're doing some some awesome stuff, and appreciate it. Man. The thought, yeah. like if 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 you had, if you were to tell any teacher, and the cool thing is you're coming up with these solutions, and then you're, you know, you're saying, all right, I'm gonna, you know, it's not working. I gotta call them, and I'm gonna walk them through. I'm gonna tell them where that green triangle is. If you mm-hmm. were to tell most music teachers right now, like, hey, you have to individually call and give one hour lessons to your students, they'd be like. And and you're gonna double my pay, right? Like that's that. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's sometimes the the mindset that the other educators are in. But I mean, just this. Now, is that like the mindset of? Because you said you grew up in. Were you always around Barrow or?
1: So I was born and raised in Anchorage, Alaska, um, which is you know that's the main city, main hub for all of Alaska. Even though it's not the capital, which is Juneau, um, Anchorage is the main place everybody goes to. That's the big city. Uh, per se. So um I grew up there up until my sophomore year of high school, um, went to Bartlett High School and then moved here uh, for my junior year. And, um, you know, so I was like transitioning into the community and I thought it was going to be, you know, the worst thing ever. But then when you get to know the people and the community, um, now I call this place home um, yeah. and that same kind of um, fighting spirit, if you know what I mean, they have that here and they, uh, when they encounter a problem, it's with the community that they solve it. And yeah, they, they have some, um, you know, back and forth, you know, political stuff and, you know, arguments, but it's because they're so passionate about making things work uh, for their kids, for their students. And the future generation is huge. Like, um, that's like first priority when everybody's talking about, you know, even the top dogs for um, the corporations, all they're constantly talking about is the future generation. And um, which is kind of what I feed off of is, man, they think it's important. So, you know, me as an educator, how can I help that? Uh, Sometimes, you know, little things in the educational world might, uh, you know, block that sometimes. And you get frustrated because of all the, stuff that goes on but um, yeah just to be honest I didn't think I'd be a teacher um, I thought I was just going to be this awesome uh, producer guy that <laughs> didn't work out but um, yeah so now I'm doing this and I'm working with students and uh, and I love it and like I said I'm just going to keep trying to find solutions no matter uh, what the problem is and uh, some solutions have made people happy, and some solutions have, uh, you know, let's not do that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I wrote, I wrote in
0: I wrote in giant capital letters on my notes here the word grit. You know, yeah. it's it's a term that has you know be, become almost the new buzzword in Ed. Mm-hmm. You know, so we have to teach students grit, and. From what you're saying, that's that's it. You know, you have they have that drive, they have that passion. Mm-hmm. And then when you were saying that even corporations are always about the the next generation, it, it feels like I know that a lot of corporations say that just to save face and be like, yeah, we're looking out for our next generation. But it, it sounds like from what you're describing, they they actually mean it, mm-hmm. and and that's that's a that's a beautiful thing. No. Uh, that, I don't know, I feel, so what, do you feel like you are part of that culture? Now, if I, cause you, you said, uh, in UPEC, and then I heard mm-hmm. you at the beginning, you, you were about to say Eskimo. Is that like a derogatory term?
1: <laughs> yeah, you caught that. So, um, uh, I actually didn't get this from, uh, an adult. I got it from a student and, um, I said, uh, I, in one of my classes, I I said the word the na- they say the name but the word Eskimo, and then they looked at me like I was crazy, and I was like, um and that that and it felt weird coming out because I've never really used it, um and then they they were like, what's Eskimo, and then I said you know like natives, it, like Eskimo is not in our language and so I, they taught me like that's not even a, a native word in Nupiak word. And then it hit me like, wow, I've been, we've been saying Eskimo in Alaska forever, but it's not even <laughs> in their language, but some people use it. Like there there's like Eskimos Inc here in town, the corporation um, and, and stuff. But uh, I learned from that student and I was like, I'm never going to use that term again. And so I always catch myself, even though it, uh, tries to come out to be like, no, no, I'm gonna not gonna use it. I'm not saying if you use it, you're like the most horrible person on earth, and you should, you know. But uh, you're I like myself third. personally,
0: you're like the third most <laughs> horrible person on earth. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah cuz cuz I was I was trying to describe to I was I'm I'm super excited about this. I mean this yep. this was the reason why I wa- like I finally pulled the trigger on like you know I have always wanted to do a podcast. I want to do a podcast. And then I talked to you and I was like I need to do a podcast and I need <laughs> to talk wow. to Emmanuel. It's like this is such a cool thing. Wow. Because no what I, I I guarantee most people in the continental United States have no idea that there mm. is an active native population that has super strong cultural um like viewpoints and heritage that hasn't been totally annihilated you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. and the fact that you guys get to make decisions on how that is going to move forward and, and tomorrow we're going to talk to a couple of your colleagues or one of your colleagues or or, or something. Mm -hmm. I want to have, I want to continue to have that conversation about like, you know, if we could go back in time before Mm. we erased cultures, you know, like what would we do? And you have that opportunity. And like Mm -hmm. the thing, I'm sure there's been a lot of effect of, you know, what, you know, with, with the culture and like having, you know, the Western influences well, and stuff but. the
1: trauma is real um, yeah it's real yep yeah but yeah well I mean I, I don't want to be the one to speak on it because you know I, my my culture is different I'm actually uh Samoan and I'm Polynesian and that's my family but I call here home it's weird right Samoa Polynesian in the Arctic. But uh, there's a lot here, by the way. <laughs> you look cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I prefer cold over, uh, this, yeah, being in the hot sun. But uh, that's weird. That's a whole other story. But uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it, like Eben Hopson Senior is the name that comes up when you say grit. And um, like, if you read about his story and what he's done for this community, and like being the president of how many different corporations because he's creating it. And, um, you know, the what, you know, the government saying, oh, no, you have to have this in place to do this. And they create it. And no, no, no. Well, there's another roadblock, another roadblock. And this was one of the guys at the front just creating this, going to, and standing up for their rights in the in government here, doing it here and doing it here. And now all those co- corporations and, um, you know, companies that he helped uh, be, start and uh, begin, they're thriving right now and they're it's just amazing and uh it's that kind of spirit that uh, i kind of use and every time it's like oh it's impossible there's always a way and you know to be honest they do have um you know pretty good like funding because you know they're they're active in finding those resources right and and those corporations were started, and like I said, are uh, focused on the, the students. So, you know, the students' gain is their gain. So they put up the they put their money where their mouth is, in you know our kind of terms. But yeah. So who, who Evan? Who is this Evan Hopkins? Eben, E B E N Eben, Eben. Eben Hobson, Senior. Oh, wow, I messed up. Eben Hobson. Hobson H O P as in Peter, um, S-O-N, Eben Hopson Sr. Okay. Yeah. Oh, if you check he's it out.
0: from, uh, he's, oh man, from the name <laughs> of the town that you're in right now. <laughs> God, I can't, <laughs> yeah. I said it and then now I'm looking at it and, Ha <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I hope okay. nobody
1: from here uh, listens to this sometimes because uh, like in my head I'm like, I would love for them to hear it, but then, oh no, I'm butchering their language. <laughs> They're gonna, well, they can they can have it. And they uh,
0: could, we could do another one. They can help there you out. Go. <laughs> yeah, bring up bring up Eben's uh, Wikipedia and and check it out. The mm-hmm. th- twelve children. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, yeah. like, the definition of grit. Yeah, I'm gonna have to dig more into this guy there is a huge opportunity for like some mentorship. And mm-hmm. I think that would kind of alleviate having to, you know, create and manage K th- a K through 12 program. Like if you had, especially if you're working on, which is really hard because r- what you're working on right now is you you're, you said that you're, you're trying to work on like what you want the end goal to be in mm-hmm. your sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, which is difficult because if you're creating what you want the end goal to be, then the students that are going to come through the program are going to have more facility than the students that you create the end goal for.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Which is mm-hmm. kind of it's hard yeah. hard to yep. wrap your brain around, but <laughs> yep. like I could see the uh, the the potential imma- uh, immense impact, especially with the amount of um like it seems like there's this collective you know cultural exchange not exchange but like everyone's working together like you said mm-hmm. um so do you have any mentorship stuff with like their high school students to your middle school your middle school to your your elementary
1: that that's actually what we're trying to get to is uh, one of the problems i'm facing is uh some students have the gift or the talent the skills right but they don't have the confidence in uh you know taking that next step of um, yeah. uh, teaching or even just presenting and that confidence is really what i'm trying to work on because you know you and i know it takes a while before you're confident in you're playing or your, whatever that music thing is whether it's production and uh I have to like really, really be creative on how how I let them present their projects because you know it, it's it's not always going to sound good, and but finding those areas of victory, right, and yeah. just really like whoa, <laughs> look what you did, and not faking it, but um, when a student sees like. I know you're not one to start with loops, but that's kind of what I started with before I found the program. But, uh, you know, when they see that the puzzle pieces can be manipulated and that they did that manipulation and it came out well, then that gives them a confidence booster. And, uh, I know sometimes like you don't want to do that and start it because when they start creating their music themselves, it's a lot harder. Oh man, I want to go back to the loops. Uh, but, Uh, That kind of victory, uh, for me, it just takes them to the next step. Now, I'm not starting with loops all the time now because I have this wonderful Shed the Music program I can go to for resources, (laughs) another plug. But uh, yeah, um, uh, that's where I'm starting at the moment is uh, just trying to find those simple victories so they they gain some confidence in what they're creating or even, like, I, I try to have them just, all right, go ahead and clap this beat, this rhythm on the board, and, uh, you know, we'll just continue or whatever whatever it is, and you'll get a lot of people that's shying away from being that person to step up. And, um, you know, I know that's in every class, but uh, in my class it feels like it's uh, because this program is so new and it's so different, uh, there's not a lot of confidence there until... They finish like one semester of the class and then they're like, I love this. I can't believe I didn't like another student who was performing for, you know, the Christmas program we did. And then, um, you know, getting ready for prom, they put on their end of the school survey or end of the semester survey. You know, I never thought I'd like performing, but I love it. Yeah. And yeah, they they play guitar in their room, but that's it. I don't want to No, I don't want to do videos. I don't want to, you know, and. I kept, come on, you you got this, you got it. And then they played for a dance, and they're like, I love this. (laughs) Then they play for, um, you know, uh, the they're getting ready for the prom, and unfortunately it didn't happen uh, last year, but uh, they were so ready for it, um, and that kind of confidence is what I'm trying to build, so that later can flip it and say, now that you're able to do it, let's turn around and help you know, the middle schoolers or even younger. But
0: Now, is it possible, I know working with some districts around here, they they teach, if not all the time, um, at least sometime, they teach the, like, first and second levels of a different like, – there's a school by me around Chicago that teaches art one, art two, art three, art four, all at the exact same time, like, in the same class. Ooh. whoa. Sp- which is it? You that's that's my initial reaction too. Like, yeah. oh, good lord! But if you can in the same classroom, or maybe in just a couple times of the even the term, have those students in the same virtual room, mm. where then the students who have developed a little bit of confidence, they played. They didn't play for prom, but you know, prom didn't happen. But like, they they played for a dance, you know maybe if you can have some of those second level students with the first level students, maybe that would like, I'm trying to like, uh, again, I'm looking at this and it's such a unique opportunity you have with all this sequencing. And then like the, the, there's so many cool moving pieces. It's just making me Mm -hmm. like, this is so cool. So like, that's, that's the first thing. And the second thing is something that I do. And and the things that you were saying, where you're saying you're celebrating all those little milestones. Like I'm, I'm over here and I'm just getting, I'm like giddy because I'm hearing the same things that I tell my students all the time. But like having the, you know, having them know that their first composition is going to sound like their first composition. You know, if you go, (laughs) if you have a favorite visual artist and you go and look at, you never see in the museum, you never see their first ever painting.
1: True. You know, you see right. you see their first yeah. famous painting.
0: You don't see yeah. the chicken scratch that they did when they were a kid. So, like, when yeah. kids, and I get this too, like, when I'm, I I want to play a, like, a, I want to write a new, I want to write a, a song in a st- genre I've never uh, written in before, and I'm like, oh, that sounds like trash. It sounds like trash because it's the first time I've done it. <laughs> so, like, teaching the kids that, you know, it's, first of all, it's, it's great to fail forward. And I mm-hmm. love celebrating successes, but I've gotten into this habit, especially with remote teaching, of having a good time celebrating the failures. Mm. And like, uh, do you know the bass player Victor Wooten?
1: Oh, love him! I love his uh, kind of philosophy on music too. Yeah, we—I was
0: at Jen. Uh, I think it was last year and so the jazz education conference and he was taught he had like these kids on stage and they were all these college kids and everyone's trying to like sound better than everyone else because it's like college Mm -hmm. jazz it's how it works and he's (laughs) like okay i want you to take the and and they were all so they were all like super like cerebral like i'm gonna put this two five lick here and i'm gonna use this pentatonic blah 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 and then he's like i want to we're gonna have a competition i want someone i want who's gonna play the worst solo and then you could, as soon as they said that, all of the ties and the preconceptions and like Wee. being in their own head, it went away. How much is watermelon where you live?
1: Watermelon. You. This is going to be funny to you, but I, I'd say so expensive that I don't know because I stopped buying watermelon here. <laughs> I, I'd have to look that up just like you because... Uh, I actually avoid uh I get fruits and vegetables when uh my family does a uh, a monthly stop in Anchorage the bigger city they grab all those things and bring it up uh and so I kind of use that <laughs> I, I, was, I I'd like to guess uh a good I don't know if this is expensive but I'd say 20, I don't know. <laughs> I was there was there's like a travel
0: blogger couple that I saw. Mhm. Uh, on YouTube and it was $25 for a half. Yeah, see, Of a watermelon. Uh, yeah. Now like, you know what. Cow. Yep.
1: I don't even uh I don't even look at the I don't look at fruits and vegetables and things here the same. You know, some things you kind of just walk past cuz it's like I'm absolutely not paying for that. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: What's what's the biggest uh So I don't know call that like uh you know travel Tax, mm. just like having to get those items all the way up there like what's the what's the the hard the the thing that you miss the most is there something that you miss the most you're like oh man I'll, I'll i'll spend the extra 20 bucks just so i can have a banana or something is there anything that like you well,
1: well recently um uh meats are really big now for me like uh i've gotten to really uh getting steaks and things and it and i'm starting to no- notice like um uh, chicken breasts, boneless chicken breasts, right um, for uh, like a four pack of those at at the store here it's about $25 the same the same amount of money I use there for four I go to Anchorage uh, the bigger city here in Alaska and I can get like triple that with the amount of money <laughs> so yeah that's I, i'm I'm really looking at the meats and stuff and because I used to just pay it and pay and you know um convenience was there but uh when when you start actually looking at the numbers it's like wow astonishing yep that is yeah so
0: if you <laughs> if you're feeling charitable uh go to Costco buy a manual, a giant <laughs> thing of frozen chicken breasts and ship it to them <laughs> so can yeah. you describe the student population at your school?
1: At one of the schools I'm working with uh Barrow High School um, I'd say about uh, between three fifty to four hundred students uh, is what is the last time I checked <clears throat>
0: and then um of those three fifty to four hundred. How many are, like, native to... You're going to have to help me again. Uggelsvig? U- Ukiagvik, G- yeah. Oh, wow. Ukiagvik. G- <laughs> U- G- Ag- uh, yeah, that's... Wow. Ukiagvik. G- how many are native to Ukiagvik?
1: G- Man, I'd say uh, more than
0: 50%. And then how how is, like, modern music... Because that's, that's a huge, you know... Uh, number that ratio is huge that's mm-hmm. the majority of you know almost the majority of your students are native to the land and um it's even higher it, it in seemed... the
1: villages so, sorry near up, but i work no, with some so cool. villages but it's even the percentage is even higher in the village um like new one of the classes i have there um it's all the new students in that class so
0: <clears throat> and like how is what how do you balance teaching modern music to that population when they have
1: a rich cultural heritage? Like, do they have their own music? Mm -hmm. Yep, it's uh, strong here. Um, A lot of it is uh, sung and uh, played by uh, uh, the elders in the older generation, uh, adults. Um, I'd say my generation, there's a lot of of folks, uh, uh, men that I know that are like leading the dance crews and the, the singing groups so yeah it's it's strong here
0: and if we wanted to check out like some singing and dancing is there like mm-hmm. any links that you could provide or examples of anybody who or any artists that yes yeah,
1: uh, so like- um, from what I know uh, there's a uh, the best the songs that I would say to check out uh, comes from a gathering that they have, uh, I believe, every two years called Kivyuk and Kivyuk is uh, uh, the messenger feast or like all of the villages come to one place, mainly Utqiagvik because it has like there's more here uh, to do and uh, bigger space, more um, housing. Right. So this is kind of the hub. For those villages and so they would come here and they would all sing and dance here and so you kind of get uh, the best of all of the singing and dancing in one spot and that's pretty cool to check out Kivik, um i believe if i spell it right it, it should be k-i-v-v-i-a-q i have to double check but Yeah, Kvyuk should be somewhere there in YouTube. A lot of different uh, years going back um, in, like, the early 2000s or even uh, further back there. But then also, like, 2014 or 15 is one of the ones that I watched just recently. So, yeah.
0: And is is there a big difference between, um, like, the different villages that they have, you know, different songs that are... Specific to their village is the music, um, more because I mean, like I listen to music for different mm-hmm. reasons. Like when I was in high school, I would get like super moody and turn on like Depeche mm-hmm. Mode, and or I get mm-hmm. like super happy and I turn on Daft Punk or something. Like, what what is the the role of music in the in UPAC, uh culture?
1: Um, I'm still learning um, that right now and trying to you know um, ask questions but what i do know is it's big on uh storytelling and pride pride in culture in itself because music the music they sing is like one in their um the music they sing is one in their language and one with their spirituality so all of that is kind of um, is what you get when you listen to their music and so whenever you hear drumming and singing and, da- and dancing and you see dancing uh, for this culture it's a sense of pride like uh, we still we're still here we're still strong we're still um, uh, you know we're still pushing forward and uh, that's what that's a sense you get and so when I, I believe when uh, some folks listen to their songs or go to their songs it uplifts them because they uh, number one connect spiritually to the music but number two it connects them to like uh their ancestors because the story that's being told in that song or dance whatever so that's such a
0: beautiful thing mm-hmm. that they have and it, it's so it's it's amazing that you know the first thing that you said is y- you're trying to you're still trying to figure out you're trying to listen and mm-hmm. i think that's that's a, a really important lesson for anybody is like when you're dealing with a culture that you're not 100% familiar with it's listening and being mm-hmm. open so how do you how do you ha- okay so you have that on one end one pole and then you're also trying to teach them like all right here is how to lay down a dope trap beat <laughs> like how do you balance those two when you're when you're teaching your students
1: man um that that has been uh it's been a learning lesson every single day because when I first started, it was like, oh man, I have so many ideas on how I can help, right? How I can do it and how I can uh, just show them this. But then I started learning, um, that's not what they're looking for, the students and stuff. And uh, like you said, the hearing part and listening, uh, I I've. it's not, to some people, it's not best practice to do what I do a lot of the time, and a lot of a lot of the time, I engage, I try to engage their interest. Now, um, is what I do, or if not, if they don't have an interest, right? I try to help develop an interest, right? Um, so not forcing anybody in any corner, because I did that. I did the whole, hey, look at this is how you create the dope beat and da 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 da. And then you have some of those students who will connect and be like, this is cool. But um, uh, you see them start to fall off like the interest goes away because it wasn't their interest in the first place. Right. It was just here's this cool thing that you're showing me, but it's not mine. It's not personally what I want to do or say or how I feel. And so I started just gathering um, their interest. And that that's a little hard because um well, let me go back the reason why i want to say why i try to gather from the interest right it's because i believe that builds uh curiosity um right when they start like oh that's something that's interesting they they start to get curious and uh, from that curiosity I, I believe curiosity in a safe place safe environment uh like what somebody guiding them is is good and because that brings questions Questions then bring birth answers, right? And those answers, facts, and those facts, a decision. Like, and that is one of the biggest things that I was dealing with is that um, some, some of the students, uh, especially the ones here uh, that are birthed here and this is their land, um, it was never their decision to do something uh, like that project or whatever. And if it's not their decision uh, that 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 kind of sense of pride in who they are is like I'm not gonna do it and um, and that's what I had to learn was oh if, if that's what I'm getting back um, them as learners uh, they they don't always know what they want or need and, and so us as teachers we're supposed to be the professionals in my eyes And I feel like when I when I meet that resistance, a lot of times it's, uh, oh, okay. so how can I then shift again and pivot again? There's a lot of pivoting going on, but I think that's the job here is uh, uh, how can we pivot and and then find that, oh, moment. And uh, I have found some of those moments with some of these students. And it's been uh, it's been pretty awesome to see the effects of that. But. I don't know if that answers the question that you asked, but <laughs> um, there was there was a quote in there.
0: You were like, fostering curiosity. Yeah. Creates questions and then questions creates and then I trailed off. I'm gonna have to listen back to that. It was amazing. Mm. Um, and that's something that you know, it's it's very true to your situation, but I think it's true to everybody's situation, uh, teaching mm-hmm. situations. It's like you get these kids that have never engaged, let's say you teach, like, a jazz band. They've never engaged in jazz, but, like, yeah. maybe they like um, Jake Cole. And if they like mm-hmm. J. Cole, maybe they like this other artist. Maybe they like mm-hmm. Robert Glasper. And then you can kind of, like, steer them. Um, you're, like, facilitating their curiosity, which is uh, a delicate balance mm-hmm. um, when it's all in the Western tradition. But when you are dealing with, you know, being having care and the tact that you're putting um, forward when you're when you're dealing with the your the your students that are native to the land, I, I think that's just it, it's such a more difficult balancing act, or, or I, I feel like it would be like. So we were having a conversation before we prepped for this con uh, this this podcast a little while ago, and
1: mm-hmm. and you were
0: talking to me about Byron Nikolai, mm-hmm. uh, and I did the deepest dive on Byron <laughs> Nikolai. I actually tried to get him on the podcast. Um, I might have been too annoying. I like just went hard and I I, like all the social media Uh, word to the wise. If you're trying to get in contact with someone, don't blast them on every (laughs) social media platform and email from all your emails at the same time, because they're probably going to say, nope. (laughs) Um, So can you tell me a a little bit about Byron Nikolai, what he does and why that's important to your students?
1: Yeah, first of all, first of all, like, you know how you were saying you were trying to get uh, a hold of him and see if he I was also doing the same. And uh, for me, what I saw that as with him not uh, responding is uh, he's at this place, I believe, where um, he has so many people coming to ask those questions. Like, can we do this? Because I saw him on a, a commercial here, like not too long ago <laughs> uh, for the the district here i'm in um and and it, you know the whole voting thing that was that was big he was a part of that and uh like so he i'm seeing him uh, everywhere kind of deal and so uh i think he's picking and choosing those moments where uh i believe uh, he'll be very effective with his message because i also see him on youtube um traveling alaska And spreading this message like one of the biggest things I love hearing him say is like uh, respecting and listening to your elders right and uh, that that's huge with the generation where uh, they have every answer at their fingertips right like uh, you can get into the sense of uh, entitlement or uh, this know-it-all attitude but he kind of spreads that message like no there's some things about us ourselves our identity that we need to learn from our elders. And so I love I love that uh, message he's spreading. Um, and and that's kind of why I was like, this is this is cool. This guy not only can do the production stuff, he can perform raps or songs in his language, um, but he also has that positive message. And so that's what I uh, love that he brings to my students and why I want to like, hey, check this guy out, because I want them that same deep dive that you Went into. I want them to do that for themselves and see, huh? I, I I see what this guy is doing. He's using loop stations, uh, you know, equipment like that, and I'm like, oh, he, he's on the ball, man. So that's really why I wanted. Uh, I want to showcase his work to uh, my classes. Yep. So
0: he, um, I'm sure everyone is typing in his name right now because you should. <laughs> you should check him out. Um, but he is. He's not from. You're neck of the woods, right? He's a, a different, like, a. Um, it's, is it a different language?
1: I believe he's Yupik, yep. Uh, different Yupik. culture, okay. language, everything, yep.
0: Could you just describe, like, what he does, like how he balances um, modern music
1: making with
0: the traditional music of his culture?
1: Um, man, if I had to pinpoint it, I'd say he has a uh, new generation term, right? Uh, or maybe old I don't know uh, but swag he has that swag right <laughs> that it's not an educational term but uh, he has that swag in both uh, like his identity as a rapper or a musician and then he has that swag as look I- I'm Yupik and I-, I know who I am and uh, you know this is me and I'm gonna showcase it and I think uh, that's the tough part for me is I see that in my students and I can see that it's buried in there, but it's just that it's buried behind all of this other, um, uh, like, some folks' trauma. You know, some students' um, uh, situation that they're going through in their family right now, and that you know that's with every student. But I feel I feel that weight more here in the uh, district I'm teaching at. Hmm.
0: Yeah, it's it's another another jazz thing. It's like you have to have one foot in the past mm-hmm. and one foot in the future. But I mean if you're thinking like jazz it's still you know mm-hmm. it's a, still the same music, it's still a similar culture mm-hmm. um but it's yeah, if you check out check out Byron, he does like some amazing traditional um just percussion and uh like singing in his in his language and it, you could tell yeah. that he's putting his soul into it, and he is doing it, you know, for the, um, you know, the similar thing that you were talking about before. It's like for the pride in his heritage. But then mm-hmm. you see him rap, and he's putting his soul into it, just like what yeah. you were saying before. It's that swagger. Yeah. Uh, which is something that, you know, as an educator or as a musician, like, think about when's the last time you put everything you have into a lesson. You've put everything you have into, you know, playing a gig or something. Um, and, and it seems like, you know, from, from everything that I've heard you say, Emmanuel, um, you do that. Like you're putting your soul into everything you do. You're, you know, you're calling students on the... Uh, that that can't connect to internet because internet's spotty, and you're you're giving them lessons stuff over the phone. Like <laughs> that's that's above and beyond. That's just above and beyond, man. Um, so earlier, um, when we were chatting before, you were talking about like how you're planning a holiday concert
1: mm-hmm. y- in in Upiak. Like how did that go? So, um, it went. It went well, um, I would say, uh, because there was at the end of it all videos of those students that, you know, wanted to participate, uh, of course, uh, because of COVID, uh, the engagement wasn't as high as we ant- anticipated, right? So we wanted a lot more, uh, submissions than we received, but man, it was an, a great outcome. Uh, Mr. C, Jake Calderwood, he, uh, is the choir director here at the elementary school in Utqiagvik, Ipaluk Elementary School. And he really, um, uh, he allowed those who participated to really shine with the choices of music he prepared and um, all of the new back singing and dancing that we recorded uh, to show the kids how to do it, right? The step-by-step, all of that was awesome. And it, it took place and it was all, he, he, I believe he showed it showed the videos over Facebook um, with the with their elementary page
0: that's amazing yeah uh, yeah don't don't feel bad the engagement piece was not just you <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many how many students I didn't have turn in videos for virtual ensemble recordings and from everybody mm-hmm. I've talked to it's kind of the same around the board um, yeah. well. Thank you so much Emmanuel for for chatting with me um, for the podcast. Yeah. It's it's given me so much to think about about my own teaching experience about being sensitive to the cultural backgrounds of everyone else that that I teach but also like that whole I wish I would have wrote it down. That that curiosity creating questions and questions. Yes, yeah,
1: so it was a uh, uh, it was a uh... Um, I don't know why I was thinking about this the other day, and that kind of came to me: where uh, engaging their interest or developing their an interest, right? And that yeah. comes uh, that starts with, I believe, uh, you know, whatever interest they have, it'll create create curios- uh, curiosity. I'm so, sorry about that. So curiosity, and the curiosity births questions. Questions birth um, answers answers facts and then facts decisions right because now i know this looks like this and um oh i actually don't want to sing can i do a podcast well that involves production as well and so we move in that direction or um i don't like singing but is that an ukulele and so yeah, okay let's start down that path it does it does create a lot of um juggling it's like this juggling uh, uh that I have going on with my uh, you know lessons because you create something that you feel like is man this is the best lesson I'm ever going to create and then you go into class and it's like oh no we got to juggle again and we got to shift again and it's like I got to keep smiling to myself and laughing because if not it could get overwhelming (laughs) it could be like oh no I got to create another Google Classroom assignment that's different again for this but I, I'm glad in that uh, my uh, administration is actually they're not pouring like 40, 50 kids into the, the classes. Right. So it's it's uh, it's manageable at the moment. So.
0: Well, thank you again. Yeah, If you couldn't see, he's like the smiliest, happiest face <laughs> I've seen on Zoom in a long time. Uh, you can tell that, you know, no. he's he's living, he's practicing what he's preaching. Once again, thank you so much, Emmanuel.
1: Thank you man for uh, great opportunity. Thanks.